Hi there, and welcome to Drunk Distry Presents The Dark Ride, a fun theme parks podcast hiding in a drinking game. Here we will talk about and rate all of your favorite and not-so-favorite rides and attractions, and maybe catch some interesting facts along with our buzz. My name is Ryan Bieber, and I'm here with my co-host, Adrian Hamilton. We are two diehard fans of the House of Mouse, and we started this show because we know that cool people like this stuff, too. So we're here to normalize all of you adulting Disney files. And all you theme nerds, and have a few beverages while we're at it. For all of you at home that may have noticed a theme over the past month, to be honest, this happened at first by accident, but now we're getting purposeful about it. And as we round out our alien in theme parks retrospective, we knew that we had to find the courage to look into the past. So let me ask you, how do you feel about cute alien critters named Skippy? Do you want to see them be tortured by alien overlords and quippy AI robots? made to suffer the indignity of industrial cross-dimensional teleportation research and development? If you answered yes to that, then do I have the long-lost attraction for you. Get ready to pee in your Mickey underoos in fear as we look at the lasting scars that Disney's scariest attraction inflicted on unsuspecting families throughout the 90s and 2000s. So today, you all can stop breathing down our necks. We heard you. We are prepared to brave to be brave travelers to New Tomorrowland of the 1990s as we visit the XS Tech of the Tomorrowland convention and try not to embarrass ourselves in front of that hottie from the line while we scream for our lives on extraterrestrial alien encounter. Okay, let's seize the future by grasping the present. We should get some drinks. I have a feeling I'm going to need a lot of them and get some facts and we're going to be right back. Hey, Adrian, are you ready to have the shit scared out of you and pretend that it was no big deal moments later as you ugly cry into a churro? I am terrified. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so scared. All the emotions are coming back. Uh, It's, you know, I I have, don't worry, I have like a a lineup of pharmaceuticals here. Good, you're going to need them. My anxiety acts up. Um, But don't do that at home, kids. This this ride or this this attraction like is, uh, it, it, like infamous for like not for just like, like inducing fear upon its name. Yeah, you know, like like any any child of the nineties knows what this thing is and was <laughs> deathly afraid of it. the The commercials alone, you know, it was not. This was not a fun experience. You were going to this to survive. <laughs> and. It- what kind of a masochist your father was when they would take you on this ride and love that you would just be like freaking the F out. Like yeah. my father was like, fine, you can do it. Fine. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Like I am fine. Okay, dad. <laughs> like, oh, you were being a little brat in that store. Guess what? <laughs> we're going to go on this ride. <laughs> I always remember like acting like, so hard beforehand, I was like, I'm not scared of it. And like, and literally internally just, <laughs> yeah, just totally freaking out. Totally, totally freaking out. Yeah. Uh, just please be over. Yeah. Yeah. The sooner, the better. 
Yeah. Well, uh, we got to get our drink on, right? This is a drinking game show. So first off, we need some drinks. Uh, today, we'll be dra- traveling to a galaxy far away to discover a cocktail that is at home by is at is at ho- home by the pool deck. I think I forgot how to speak. Gambling uh, already, Rod? I think that uh, I'm a, I'm just sh- I'm shaking in fear from this ride, and it's affecting my ability to be able to speak. But yeah, so I- yeah, drink this by the pool, uh, or you know, it's also comfortable chewing through iron bars on the Nostromo. Uh, enjoy these alien secretions which is the name of the drink, uh, courtesy of the nosy chef.com. Uh, but also I modified this to make it taste better. Cause it was kind of gross when it came out of that website. So, uh, maybe this is just courtesy of me. So, uh, as the rock says, you're welcome. What can I say? What can I say? I'm going to hook this thing up to me with an IV to get through this episode. Because- Absolutely. Uh, so what you're going to need to have this uh, alien secretion is 1.5 ounces of tequila, 1.5 ounces of light or coconut rum, uh, if you have coconut rum around, uh, two ounces of Midori Melon liqueur, uh, two ounces of pineapple juice, and a half ounce of lime juice. You're going to shake all of that over ice, uh, shake it in uh, with ice, and then pour it over some fresh cubes in a tall Collins glass. You see that weird glowy green? That's typically not to be consumed. Uh, well, it's supposed to be like the alien insides. Isn't that neat? Uh, and uh, as this ride says, if something can't be done with excess, then it shouldn't be done at all. Live yes. <laughs> Live in excess. Uh, great. So now that we have our beverages, let's talk about them. Oh, so tasty mugs. Adrian, what are you drinking out of today? Um, I'm drinking out of a um, hospital mug because that's where I'm going to end up from drinking all of this. Um, no, it's <laughs> pretty fair. We have done this this alien series. This is our fourth alien theme. Every one of them I've drank out of my green mug because we all know that aliens have green skin. We don't know for sure, but we think. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm willing to bet this alien does. So we might as well just go with that. Alien- does yes. um and he's a little slimier than mine but i'm just checking out of my green hey boo hey boo. um <laughs> i'm uh, i'm sticking i'm sticking with my mickey mug uh we're in the magic kingdom it's his house this is the house of mouse house and, of mouse and we're gonna stick with that um okay so i think let's get through some basics on this ride and then a breathing exercise or yeah maybe we... some, some lamas <laughs> everyone just take one in Let's go. Okay. Uh, this ride was called the Extra Terror Estrial Alien Encounter. Ho- horrible name. Poor spelling on Michael Eisner's part. Yeah, I didn't call it this because I just... Extraterrestrial is a, supposed to mean terror. It's extra terror. Like if you, that's what the word means anyway. There's no need to further make it mean terror. Wait, so do you... You grew up and up until now as a uh, 30-something-year-old woman thought that extraterrestrial, like like E.T., the extraterrestrial, that, that that's like extra terror? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Terra <laughs> is like Earth. So like extra is meaning like, above, like outside of Earth. <laughs> so, oh. Yeah. So that it's like sense. it's not scary. Like they like they didn't want it to be scary. It just happened to rhyme. Oh, okay. 
Well, I was today years old when I found that out. See? Thanks for- Look, this show is all about information. We are we are sharing, we are caring. So it means like an extra territory. Yeah. Exactly. God. Still hate it. <laughs> sure. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um it was uh so this ride was found in Tomorrowland in the space that uh most recently held Stitch's Great Escape, which has recently shut down. Uh it opened in June on June 20th, 1995, uh, and it was part of the new Tomorrowland Park redesign uh, with this like weird 1990s futuristic look that uh, would be just as home in like a Joel Schumacher Batman movie, you know, like the one with all the nipples. Yeah, uh, it had like a lot of tall angular metal and neon. Uh, the the visions of the future from the 90s were like very strange. It was like a lot of neon. And a lot of like angular metal pieces, silver like, and neon. Yeah, silver and neon, kind of like just like tacked on to the building. You know, like, yeah. like none of it like really did anything. You know what really just disturbed me, Ryan? Mm. Besides the fact that I didn't know the difference between terror and trust territory, mm-hmm. um, that this ride only opened in 1995, June 20th, 19, halfway through the year. Oh. That means I was a little bit older than I my memory of how old I was, which makes me feel like even more of a bitch. I mean, you're just like a little scaredy cat, you know? It's okay. Like a preteen, like, real, you know, another word for a cat. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Continue. Well, I mean, if it makes you feel any better, we were the same age and I'm a dude and I had the same feelings. So, um Thank you. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so, yeah, like, although the, the land's dated aesthetic has been, you know, kind of starting to be quietly removed, you know, they've been updating. Tomorrowland's always had, like, an identity crisis problem, right? It doesn't really know what it wants to be. Uh, the future always becomes today, so, like, there's always an inherent problem with that. And I think that, you know, in the past when they did, like, a, a retro futurism, like, 60s idea of the future – that aesthetic kind of holds up a little bit better. And then the nineties version of that was just like, yeah, let's do that, but make it neon and metal. It becomes a problem when retro futurism is cool because it's just a fantasy. Yeah. Like it's a, the future, but when you're trying to be like tomorrow and like the actual tomorrow, then you put a lot of pressure on yourself to really think about what it's going to be like. And, we're never going to get it right, you know, like, yeah. Like We're going to get it right because, you know, we don't know. <laughs> yeah. Like, who, so, who'd, have, who'd have thunk that we'd, you know, be on our, you know, be, like have the internet or be, you know, on our phones 24-7 or, or whatever, you know, like, you know. Yeah. Uh, but there's not a neon around as they thought. Not nearly as much. Unless you go to a rave. <laughs> or Vegas. <laughs> It is the future in Las Vegas. Um, so uh, this ride closed after only eight years. So it closed in October of 2003. Wow. Yeah. But those were okay. kind of like, the. I mean, I think for the two of us, because of like our ages, th- this was like the golden age of our Disney. This was like when uh, we had been going to Disney for a while. And then this was the first new, like big new stuff that was happening. This and Splash. <laughs> And, and the, re- the renaissance, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of our childhood. Totally, totally. So, um, I guess uh, I'll I'll tell you all what it was because um, it's no longer there. It hasn't been there for a long time. 
hasn't been there since 2003. Uh, it was a theater in the round and animatronic special effects attraction that was a co-production between Walt Disney Imagineering and Lucasfilm. The attraction was a darkly humorous science fiction experience that used uh, binaural sound, which is like sound that is um, uh, without headphones being like in one ear and then in the other. Um, I don't I don't know if you if you all ever went to like there was an attraction in MGM. Um, I think it was I don't even know if it existed in Hollywood Studios. Do you remember that attraction where like you'd put on the headphones and you sit in the booth and they, they like the lights would come down and, like you'd get a haircut in Mickey Mouse's office? Yes, and then they also have a similar thing currently right now at Animal King, which is really fantastic. Where you're in this room and it's there's no lights and it's supposed to be like animals are around you and it wow. really feels it's awesome. It's on the um, Rafiki's Planet Watch. Oh, amazing! I haven't I have not done that. I'm gonna have to make my way yeah. make my way awesome. on the train. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's binaural sound. Um, you know, like sound that goes into like both ears and uh. Uh, there's also like a lot of strobe and laser lighting effects and physical 4D effects to achieve this hor- like just straight up horrifying your mom and dad and kid sister all at the same time. Everybody is shrieking in joy and fear. Um, it's it's kind of amazing that you're able to like elicit such responses from people over like like no, everybody knows that there's no alien in that room, you know, like, like that they just but, played a show 20 minutes before. But the suspension of disbelief is like kind of real deal. But I'm sure you're going to get into this. But isn't it true that most of those sounds that you hear are fake? The well, screaming is fake and the and the people yelling are it's all just part of the, the sounds. Well, yeah, it's part of the binaural sound for sure. But I mean, like, but a lot of them are real. Like A lot of it's real people. I screamed like. Uh, like a mother yeah but but it makes it okay to scream because other people are doing it and those people are fake yeah um okay so the storyline of this whole of this whole thing because it's a little convoluted uh the story is that you are at the tomorrowland interplanetary convention center uh which is actually still mentioned um just like that in the tomorrowland transit authority uh you know the 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 ride when you're on the TTA mm-hmm. and going around, it'll say like Tomorrowland Interplanetary Convention Center to your left or whatever it says. Um, so you're there for a demonstration of new technology from an alien corporation known as XS Tech. The company's chairman, LC Clench, uh, set the attraction's subtly sinister tone with a pre-show and welcome uh, that included his corporate philosophy. If something can't be done with excess then it shouldn't be done at all. And so after that pre uh, after a couple pre-shows you enter into the theater to see a live demonstration of a new teleportation device that the company has invented. Um, an audience member is chosen to uh, assist and and actually use the teleportation to go to wherever their planet is. And uh, at the last second, Chairman Clench decides that instead of uh, one person coming to him, he will come to us uh, for an unforgettable encounter, he says. You know, a little hint, hint. This puts our, uh, so that we're at, at this point, there's like two host, uh, aliens that are like scientists and like kind of setting us up to, to like, you know, go through the experience. Uh, their, their names are Spinlock and Dr. Femus, which is ridiculous. <laughs> AKA like Kevin Pollock and Kathy and Jimmy. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and we're gonna get we're we're gonna get into the actors in this. It's it's kind of a 
many. It's kind of wild what happens yeah. at this ride. Yeah. So uh, it puts these. Uh, it puts Pollock and uh, and the Jimmy in in duress, and they don't know. Uh, they they don't think that this technology should be used or treated this haphazardly. Um, so they, but they have to agree with Clench. And so as they get sent across, as Clench gets sent across the galaxy in classic theme park fashion, something goes terribly wrong. A planet gets in the transmission path, and instead of Chairman Clench, we get a carnivorous winged beast that desperately wants to get out of the teleportation tube. And then in near pitch black, uh, pitch darkness, the creature escapes, runs havoc around the theater, terrorizing guests and eating maintenance people, breathing hot, moist breath onto your necks and slamming restraints down all the while in a strobe defective pitch darkness with sparks of light as the alien bashes his way to try to escape the theater. Uh, but if you think about this from the alien's perspective, he was probably just like scared, you know, like this is a new planet. He's trying to make friends. All these people keep on yelling at him. Um, like not cool, you know, it's like not, not like, why can't you just make friends with the, the poor guy? He just got teleported from it. He was doing nothing. He was probably like sunbathing. He's probably just chilling, yeah. having a cocktail on his backyard. What if he was at a really good point of like his favorite movie? And yeah, we ruined it. I'd be mad yeah. too. I'd be pissed. I would be too. I'd breathe down your neck too. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, eventually they get the creature, uh, the creature gets like contained back in the, the tube and then gets exterminated. Uh, we, we like slam the thing shut and, uh, and, and he gets full on exterminated blood splatters all against the, uh, all against the audience. Cause nothing says, says fun like guts. Just ask Nickelodeon. Yeah. That's the wrong part, right? <laughs> <laughs> Get your SHIT together. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, like, this ride, this ride's wild. You know, like, just the idea of it is wild. The whole thing is crazy. Um, it was going to be worse. It was going like, to be scary. Like, it was going to be scarier than this. How so? So, back in 92, um, or even before that, I guess, like, Eisner, so Eisner's there, and he's like, I want we have the rights to Alien, the the Ridley Scott movie. Um and and I want to put that in the park because my son Breck doesn't think there's anything cool in the park. So oh. like so like anything that anything cool that happened in the nineties in in Disney, in any <laughs> of the parks, we owe Breck. So I'm gonna we're gonna drink to Breck. So Breck never made it to be an imagineer, but we're gonna do a a cheers Brexit. to Breck. Yeah, to Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Breck. Um, okay, so uh, in 1992 93, the ride took over the location of the Mission to Mars, um, which is the circular, th- the circular theater around a central view window. And if we think about it, this space has not had, like, this, is, this has had the most reinvention of any spot that I can think of in the magic kingdom. So it started as mission to Mars, which was a remake of rocket to the moon, which was a Disneyland opening attraction. Um, and then uh, there were some minor changes to, uh, to mission to Mars and then alien encounter came and then alien Encounter closed and then stitches great escape came. Uh, and then that's closed now. And there's uh, you know, it's probably now being treated as like an unofficial, employee break room where cast members can get away from their overbearing guest experience manager, Megan. I feel like Megan breathes down their necks more than that alien ever could. So Megan, how about you go get a Mickey bar and chill the fuck out? 
Is Megan the new Karen? <laughs> Megan is the new Karen. <laughs> okay, so Car- Karen's complained to Megan's. I get it. Yeah, and Megan's complained to their cast members. Got it. Yeah. Megan the manager. Um, so, uh, now, uh, the defunct Stitch's Great Escape is now being reworked for something, although no official word has hit the streets yet. Uh, in the pre-pandemic days, it was, uh, there was a lot of talk of this housing a Wreck-It Ralph racing, uh, like, VR racing simulator, which I think would be pretty, pretty awesome. What do you think? You into Wreck-It Ralph? Nah. Nah? Pass? Not my, it's not my bag, baby. No, I could see you being into like a Penelope Tooth, Tooth Suite, whatever her name is. Vans, Vans something. Vanilla, Van- Vanilla Van- Tooth Suite. Something, yeah. I mean, they're all right. Just not, nah, it's all right. I mean, like, even if it gets replaced by that, it's going to, you know, th- th- I feel like this is cursed, like this area, and they're just going to replace it again in a decade, so. Yeah, but we're getting Tron, so like, you know, like, the area's getting better. True, true. So uh, just don't try to go overboard with putting some other IP in there. Like, <laughs> nobody's listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Come uh, on, like, put IP in there, but it's just not going to happen. Sorry. Go ahead. I don't know. I don't even know what I would want to put in there. I would love, like, some sort of, like, future-type ride. Like, there's not one ride in Tomorrowland that is about the future. Yeah. It's, you know, like, it's about, there's things about space, but, like, I don't know. I would just like something about the future. Yeah. Maybe, no. like, maybe even, like, a walkthrough, like a like a remake of The the House of Tomorrow, but, like, done from the eyes yeah. of today. I think that'd be cool. That would be dope. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Or, like, a very, like, you can even do it as, like, a, either, like, a moving walkway so that, it, like, you can control the speed of people in it or, hmm. or like, a, uh, like, a very slow-moving Omnimover or something. That's not because it's not a big space. That's the problem, you know. It's like it's a pretty tight space. Even if they needed to keep the circular theater, and maybe it's something where like things kind of spin around you, and like you know, like a different type of like an interactive planetarium or something mm. like something cool like that. I would like. I would just like something about the future. I, I mean, Wreck It Ralph, like I, because he's a video game. Like it just it doesn't. It just seems it's loose for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely loose. Mm. Um, all right, so th- so this original concept, right? Back in the '90s, uh, Disney started to amass pop culture IP uh, to base its rides and attractions on. This gave us, you know, things like Star Tours. It gave us Muppets 3D. It gave us the Indiana Jones attractions. So, on this thinking, originally Michael Eisner wanted to base an attraction on Ridley Scott's uh, Alien film franchise. You know, the one starring Sigourney Weaver. Um, so the ride would have been called Nostromo, which is the name of the ship in uh, in the Alien movies. Um, okay, and you would have it would have been a dark ride shooter uh, where you shot laser blasters at the alien xenomorphs, like you know, like the the movie aliens, um, the scary ones that used to be in the the great um, the the great yeah. movie ride. Yeah. So the the whole thing was going to be done in like uh, via an omni mover and in like near complete darkness. So like you know, basically this ride, except for you know the. Alien encounter ride, except for on an Omni mover and they give you a gun. I kind of like it. Yeah, me too. I mean, I think it's amazing. Um, so it's, it sounds you know, like, it sounds kind of like genuinely terrifying, like a mix of 
like Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters and like Mad Max. You know, it's like it's just like yeah, this like, insane combo. The fact that you're doing like something in complete darkness and shooting is like wild. Yeah. Um, but the R uh, the R rated nature of the ride was not favorable amongst the Imagineers. This was still um, in an era where uh, you didn't have like the nine old men or anything like that. But like you did have some of like the first class of Imagineers still still around. Tony Baxter and uh, and and others um, were were still you know very involved in in all the goings on at Imagineering, and all of them were like Walt would be spinning in his grave over a concept like this. This is like the antithesis of what he would have wanted for this park, uh, especially because this is like in the magic kingdom. This isn't, you know, they're not talking about yeah. putting this in like MGM or anything like that. So, yeah. um, and then interestingly enough, um, it was, uh, it was with the help of George Lucas. So the Imagineers like went to George Lucas, um, you know, of, of star Wars fame and he invent he's working with them at this point on the Indiana Jones, uh, both the ride and the stunt show. And, uh, and Star Tours. So he's like, you know, he's in the parks a lot, like working on stuff. And, uh, and so they, they went to him and they were like, you know, please change Michael Eisner's mind about this ride. It's not good for the parks. And he was, he was able to get them to like, he was able to convince Michael into doing a, like a slightly more friendly killer alien to terrorize us ride. Okay. Thank you, George. Yeah. So, so they, you know, they, they, they started, uh, they started making this one and, uh, when they were making this one, they, they brought on, um, a bunch of, uh, a bunch of the actors that we've, that we, uh, know and love. So this, this ride has like an incredible number of 1990s actors that, um, I, I can't think of a single other ride that has like as many like well-known names in like it's pre-show and show. Can, like, do you No. Do you, can you think no. of anything? I can't think of anything. Yeah. It's loaded. Yeah. It's crazy. I'm, the backlot tour had a lot. Yeah. Um, the but, backlot tour. And then like, I guess like mission to Mars or mission to space has like, you know, had like Gary Sinise, but they still didn't like not nothing compared to this. All right. So we have uh Tyra Banks, plays the female alien who greets the guests in the first pre-show. Um, although, although her lines are from somebody else, somebody else did her lines. Cause I guess they didn't like her voice or something, but. Oh, yeah. well, they just want eyes. Yeah. They wanted that pretty face and they got it. Do you know what a smize is? A smize? Yes. Tyra Banks invented it. It's where you smile with just your eyes. It's a model pose where you just look at something and you don't have a smile doing it like the audience can see and you're just smiling with your eyes that's 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 your smize that you're giving me right now no (laughs) i figured it's not really good you know podcast to smize because no one could see me but um well let me tell you audience it is magical i just i mean adrian just uh, you wowed me i can't i can't believe that you smize that way I feel yeah. I feel like ten pounds lighter right thank, now. Thank thank Tyra. Thank you, Tyra. <laughs> um, Tyra's the, like one of the most ridiculous people ever. Remember when she would like she's a supermodel, but she would like put on a fat suit every once in a while and like go out in public and be like, "I feel I feel so judged." You know, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, lady, you're a supermodel. <laughs> she was a personality for oh, sure. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, all right. So moving on into the actors. All right. So we have Tyra Banks. We have Dr. Frankenfurter himself, Mr. Tim Curry, voicing the ana- uh, the audio animatronic robot, Sir, which is the simulated intelligence robotics. Uh, he's in the second pre-show area. That ro- that robot scared me the most. Uh, yeah, he's fucking horrifying. Tim Curry. Tim Curry played it right. So like, I mean, like you know, the clown it in the original yeah. Stephen King. Like he knows scary. That guy is well was very very scary. Tim Curry worked in the hotel that that Kevin McAllister stayed in. Oh, true. And that. him down. And asked him if he had his stolen credit card. Remember that Grinch smile? Oh, man. Yeah. The guy is terrifying. And, like, you know. He I could mean, smize. That motherfucker could smize. That motherfucker could smize. And he also is British. And they already intimidate me. And <laughs> that robot is just, like, double whammy. Absolutely. Then we have Dr. Femus, which is portrayed by Kathy Najam. Uh, how do you say her last name? Najimi. 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 Um, yeah, she's from Hocus Pocus and Sister Act, and she played Peggy on King of the Hill. Um, she's got a she's very familiar voice. Uh, and yeah. then, and then her partner uh, was played by Kevin Pollock. Um, he, you know him from like Usual Suspects, Grumpy Old Men, uh, recently in the Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, another Grumpy Old Men. He played the nicest guy. Oh yeah, the son. Yeah, it was. I remember just wanting to marry him. He was so sweet. Like I. I I loved him in that movie. He's also a stand-up comedian. Oh, yeah. An incredible impersonator. Yeah, he's fantastic. Yeah. We're going to have him on the pod someday. Yeah, you know, come on down. Come on, <laughs> come on down, Kev. No problem. Uh, then we have Chairman Elsie Clench, which was portrayed by actor Jeffrey Jones. The true terror of uh, of this ride. In 2003, Jones pleaded no contest to a charge of soliciting a minor to pose for nude photographs. And has subsequently been arrested multiple times for failing to update his sex offender status. And as we're all good at maths here uh, on the dark ride, we know that this ride also shut down in 2003. Interesting, Disney. Interesting choice indeed. Wow. I mean, Charles Dietz. Yep. The original. Oh, my God. The the Freaking principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off. The principal from from Ferris Bueller, uh, the dude from Deadwood. Yep. This is extra terrifying. Yes, yes, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I, maybe like I can't think of any other show in any of the Disney parks that has this many actors. If uh, so- if if you if you all got one at home that I'm I'm not thinking of. Uh, Give us, give us a little, uh, give us a little right into our drunk history or DM us. I was waiting for you to say like Brad Pitt portrayed the alien, you know, like, um, <laughs> I am Groot, <laughs> like something like that, you know, like Robert Downey Jr. as Skippy, the <laughs> little oh. Friday. <laughs> Poor Skippy. Oh. oh my God. That Ryan, that tr- I, first of all, I love peanut butter. Okay. <laughs> Are you are you a Skippy girl when it comes to peanut butter? Yes. Ugh. Home Skippy. I grew up Chip as I grew up a Skippy boy. Just, I'm I'm a Jeff boy now. Well, that that explains a lot. It does. It sure it certainly does. <laughs> so it's like his name is Skippy, and you know he's just like I want to get out, and oh my god, <laughs> little heart. Like I hated that whole scene. I hated it. I hated it. He was the cutest. He looked like uh like do you remember like. 
Teddy Ruxpin's little friend Grubby. Yeah. He looked just like Grubby. Oh. He looked like a mixture of like a baby elephant and like a Furby. Yeah, and a little like and inchworm. The look cute voice, like, I wanna come out. <laughs> and that fucking Tim Curry just wouldn't he's like, no. Nah. Shut up, Skippy. <laughs> so rude. I hate it. <laughs> so what what do you like what do you remember what do you remember about this ride like other than um, being mad at your hating dad. Tim Curry. <laughs> yeah, and hating Tim Curry. Um, I remember. I, I, so okay, I am a little bit of a chicken in real life. I don't watch horror movies. I don't go into any haunted houses besides the haunted mansion. I am easily scared and terrified, and um, I have definitely like ripped the arm off of people that go into these things with me, like just dug my claws into them because, so this to me was so terrifying. And like, I knew it was fake, but it still, it still got me. And it it really like was traumatizing. Like I, I tried to be cool. And then I was like, I know it's coming. I know it's coming. I know the aliens coming. I know he's coming. He's walking around the room. Like I just, it, it really, it really worked on me, Brian. Mm, no, for sure. I, 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 I remember like, so the anticipation of this ride, I think is, yeah. is like much more terrifying than the actual experience of it. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I remember being so like anticipatingly scared going into it. Um, I remember like my heart racing as we stood in line. I remember we were with a family, like a, another family, like it was, you know, vacationing together and and i like talking with the kids and I, like it was like all nervous chatter of like what we expected because yeah. we had only seen you know like these amazing 1990s uh you know shows about like what to expect on alien encounter you know that type of thing and yeah. um and i remember you know like obviously tim curry scares the shit out of you in that because like he is a horrifying individual the bad and- robot is a bad bad robot um and i remember like finally sitting down in my seat and just digging my nails into that soft rubber you know like the soft rubber of like of disney hand uh you know seats uh yeah but you need yeah (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) i wish i wish that uh i'm I'm very glad that i didn't have you next to me in like my arm i would have Clawed your arms yeah. out. I'm very glad that you weren't next to me. Took in your beard and ripped it off of your face. <laughs> um, and just, too bad, Ryan. Don't sit next to me. But like, but but overall, it it's it like the actual experience like wasn't that scary. And it was kind of funny. It was kind of funny. And then you know the more the, it's an alien. It's my mother-in-law. Like I love that joke. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. As somebody that like you know loves stand up comedy and performed it for a long time, five years, um, I like if if I if a joke like goes in my brain, it stays there. And like I remember coming up the ride, like telling everybody that joke <laughs> because it was like I loved I loved that joke. So it is funny, and even if you watch it back now, like Ryan, tell everybody to go find it on YouTube. Yeah, the ride go there. go find this on YouTube. Yeah, because. <laughs> The ride through, like, when you're watching the part where, it, like, it is black and it goes to black and you hear all the sounds, like, it's actually funny. Like, very well-written, like, scene of 
you know, everyone being like, get it in the tube. And it's just like, it stepped on my foot. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And it is funny. <laughs> it's like this darkly humorous experience. Um, and, you know, the more that you hear people like freaking the fuck out, which is entertaining in itself, uh, it, it's it's just like a, a real, like a really good first experience, and then like subsequent times, it's like kind of if you're not there with somebody who's never experienced, it's kind of like lame. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that first time I remember though, and that, that first time was like amazing when you don't know what's going to happen, and yeah, it, it it's 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 really fun. I mean, they. I'm glad we experienced it. Totally. I, you know, I hope that everyone listening has experienced If you haven't watched the ride through, because it really was of its time. Absolutely. I mean, people wanted it gone. It was very polarizing attraction. Super polarizing. Um, people like petitions to get rid of it. Yeah. I mean, people were like, it's like, did they eventually at all tone down the ride? So, oddly enough, they actually toned up the ride. Oh. Yeah. So, like, when it first it first appeared in 1993, um, and uh, and it the pre-show with Tim Curry was did not have Tim Curry at that point. It had Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman, right. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. So, Phil Hartman played uh, an animatronic Tom. called Tom, Tom, Tom 2000, I think it was called. And, Tom 2000 instead of Sir. Yeah. Tim Curry is Sir. Correct. Oh, I can't believe I remember that. <laughs> traumatizing. Yeah, it is. He he's a traumatizing motherfucker. And and uh, and Phil Hartman's was like a lot more light and humorous. Oh, really? Yeah. But what what happened is that like people wouldn't read the signs saying this is a scary thing, and so then they would have this humorous pre-show, and then they would just go into the theater and then be horrified. Right. So by having like a more sinister approach to the pre-show, it gave it gave families like an out. They could have been like, "This is a little much for us. We're out." But didn't they like kind of want the queue to be like when you first get on the queue before you get in the inside? When you're in the outside part, like it's very it's like it's light, happy music. Mm-hmm. Well, you're at like a convention center, yeah. The convention, so like, and they did that on purpose. They didn't want people to not get on the like if it was like ominous. People would be like, you know what? F this. Like, I'm not going on this. Yeah, if it was like that Nostromo ride, because like that was supposed to be like you you're just walking on the alien ship, and there was like you know, alien right. spittle you know, dropping left and right. They use the same technique on Space Mountain because there's three different soundtracks through the queue on Space Mountain, and the first one is very like do 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 do. It's very like because they don't want you to turn around and go back. Sure. And, like, as you increase through the queue, it's one of my favorite, like, components of the queue. It just gets more and more ominous until you're, like, ready to board. It's, like, just, like, you know, space sounds. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's interesting, these techniques that you don't realize are working on you, but, like, are actually, like, hugely influential to your decision to ride these rides. Absolutely. Um, yeah. All right, so before we talk more about the queue, let's uh, let's get into our, our game time moves you ready yeah, we, we got this freaking ride I, I mean like let's go yeah let's go <laughs> she looked better than Beyonce Alicia Keys Holly Berry Mr. Lee where she's from no idea that girl's an alien and if I die before I wake I pray that I'm 
Drink that ride. Not only are you talking about a ride that terrified me, but there's a prayer in that song that terrified me as a kid. Oh, yeah? If I die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. I'd always be like, why am I saying this prayer? I don't want to go to bed and die. That like, was, it was the like only prayer that I ever knew because I grew up kind of like non-religious and my grandma taught me that. And that's the only one I would say. And yeah, but it's terrifying. If I die before I wake. Yeah. Isn't all religion terrifying? No? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, all right. So uh, we're going to play Drink That Ride. This is a, a Drink the Difference game where we're going to uh, rank the rides on a series of categories and then take a drink after each one. The shittier the ride is, the drunker you will get. Uh, so the kind of the way that this works is like if the category that we're going to rank is out of five and you rank it a three, then you're going to take two sips, two chugs, two shots, gargles, nips, uh, whatever, whatever you want to do of your favorite beverage. Play along with us. Yeah, it's way more fun if you're drinking with us. I don't like to drink alone by myself in this room. We haven't even told everybody this because, you know, we don't want to, like, seem like we're doing any sort of a cheap podcast ploy. But at the very end of the show, we're going to play a round of truth or drink. So stick around after drinking. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We have more drinking to do after this game by playing another game that makes us drink shots. That makes us drink shots. And... (sighs) Not even joking. We have shots in front of us. So We're already poured for fun. <laughs> but first, let's that ride. Okay. So, uh, so we have five categories that we're playing with. Uh, the first four are our technical rounds. The last one is the wild horse. Uh, so the first uh, categories are going to be Q, which is worth five points. Length of ride, which is five points. The thrill level, also five points. Then we have the immersion category that includes the sights, the sounds, and the ride vehicle. That's worth ten points. And then we have that final dark horse category the fun slash nostalgia level um what do you remember about this ride does it kick up all them feels that's worth 25 points and some big drinking so we started the start and that's the queue uh this queue takes you through the tomorrowland convention center area with all that 90s futurism aesthetic that we talked about uh the theme is that you are at an exposition demonstration being held by XS Tech and an interplanetary corporation that is the galaxy's leader in high technology. So basically like Amazon circa thirty twenty one. Yeah, give them a thousand years and Bezos would That's, be uh I, Mr. Clench. Chairman Clench yeah. is Clarence Chairman Bezos. Yeah, buddy. Um, then we see, uh, Tyra and the perv dude, uh, do a little pre-show video and then, uh, we're released into the main pre-show where we see the woeful life of Skippy, the cutest little pincushion this side of, Cent- of Brava Centauri. Uh, we also meet the sinister robot, sir. Um, that's that Tim Curry character. And this dude is super creepy. Um, as we just said, uh, Phil, Phil Hartman was going to play like a, a, a much more fam- family oriented version of this, but, uh, but it was decided that it was good to be creepy. <laughs> so, um, yeah. yeah, magic kingdom. Yeah. That's the magic of the magic kingdom. <laughs> the magic yeah. of the mouse is we are scary. Uh, I don't know. What do you, what do you think Adrian on the queue? First, Cause I've got a hot take. You got a hot take on the queue. Um, so I think that, uh, I, I remember waiting in the outside portion of this queue a lot, which was just kind of like along the, like along the building, just like along the building. Yeah. It was just like unadorned. And I think there was TV screens maybe. 
that's where you saw Tyra. Like, yes. or was that just, no, announcing the uh, convention. Yep. So there was like things announcing in the convention, and then once you got inside, and then you saw Tyra. She okay, might have so, showed up. She might have showed up for like a like a brief thing on the outside one. I'm not sure. You're right. I think it was just you were seeing like the convention. Like it would tell you like what's coming up at the convention, and it was all the happy music. Playing yes, at that time. Ex- exactly. Mm-hmm. And like the 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 happy convention stuff was like on the screens. It was like uh like mission to Mars. Was it a hoax? <laughs> you know, like things like that. Like which was like little nods to or like like space pets. Get them groomed and things Love like that. It. Yeah, it it's was so cute. it so was fucking- it was fun. Yeah. Uh, all right. So uh, I'm gonna. This is a category out of five points, and I'm gonna give it uh, a two and a half. So tie goes to the ride, um, which means that if we've ranked it somewhere in between two points, then we go up to the higher point because we we friendly, and that's what we do. So I'm gonna give it a three. Sure. Okay. Um, I have a hot take, as I've teased. Take it. This cue messed with my brain, maybe more so than the ride itself. What? Tim Curry, the Tim Curry Skippy scene was the part that I would wish I could have skipped because it was so, like, it really hurt me. It, like, hurt my feelings. It hurt my heart. I really worried about that that little alien. I, I can't, his voice, like, just in my head. Um, but. I suppose I didn't really describe that so well. And because this is, like, a defunct ride. Um, so Skippy, they basically do like a, a small version of the teleportation where they have this cute, this really cute alien Skippy in one tube on one side of the room and they teleport him to the other side of the room to another tube. However, when he shows up on the other side, he's burnt to a fucking crisp. He is just straight up torched. And he says, I'm burnt. And Tim Curry's like, you're not burnt. You look like a suntan. Like. Just totally like gaslights him incredibly, um, and all. So with that, and then with all of these characters and all this comedy, <clears throat> I'm going to give this cue a five. Whoa! Yeah, because you know what? It got so in my head. I can't not give it the respect that it deserves because there's other pre-shows similar like this, like like. Um, rock and roller coaster that aren't even one tenth as effective in terms of like really like getting me in a disturbed state, um, you know, like just getting me to feel something. So I, this cue is a five. Yeah, put a little respect on its name. I get it for sure. I'll drink beers. You'll drink three. Oh yeah, already done. Mm. It's already in my belly. Cheers, guys. The next, uh, the next category is the length of ride. This is worth five points as well. Uh, this attraction and its pre-shows are 18 minutes in total. Um, and the theater capacity, the theater had a capacity of 162. So like pretty small for a show that that's that big. The lines of this ride would Was be kind one? of like long. I think there were two theaters. Okay. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. So we're looking at like, uh, a capacity of around what, like seven hundred people per hour. Yeah, it's not a lot. That's why you you would wait for this thing, and that's why the pre shows need to be long. Yes, exactly. Um, you want me to go first? Sure. I love anything that is fifteen minutes. Like I've said this before, because I feel like I start to get immersed. 
um, they're trying to build a story here. They're trying to, they're trying, they're, they're trying to like in a humorous way, like make you believe that you're a part of something and it goes completely haywire and they need time to do that. Totally. I think they do it pretty successfully too. Like they do it very successfully. I don't know what I would cut. I mean, the, I, I really don't know what I would cut. So I'm going to give it a four like the ride. I'm, I'm matching up with you. I'm also giving it a four. I love me a, uh, a nice long ride where you can like have a good portion of that sitting, even if you're being terrified, but like it's a nice cool space. There's not a lot of walking. There's other cues that require lots of walking and stairs. I mean, this it's holding cells. Yes, exactly. Um, yeah. So I, I think that's, it's we'll great. I think, yeah. We each have, we each have one to drink. This It's going to do very poorly in this next category of thrill level. Uh, People were scared shitless of this ride. Straight up shitless. It had a height restriction of 48. So, like, if you if you were short, tough shit. You ain't going. You're not seeing it. Short people got no reason to live. Yep. Say, say it loud and proud, Randy Newman. Yeah, well, he's, you know, Disney legend. <laughs> Absolutely. He sure is. <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you. Um... The height requirement should be six foot. I mean, it's that <laughs> terrifying ride. Just the pre-show, the pre-show alone. You have to be six foot to yeah. go through the pre-show. If that was the case, I wouldn't have been traumatized as a kid. I'd be like, Dad, can't go on it. I'm only 5'8 right now. I've still got a little more growing to do. <laughs> uh, I mean, I th- I think that if you look back into the history of, like, especially for, like, a non-moving attraction, this is... I think this is the most thrilling attraction that I can think of in like any of the major theme parks, maybe like Terminator two. That was pretty thrilling. It's, it's up there. This is like, this is, uh, I'm going to come out on it with a three and a half, four, four. There's only one ride that I gave a five to in this category. And that was dinosaur. Uh, because it was, it made me close my eyes. Um, this ride made me close my eyes and terrified. You did Tower of Terror too. Tower of Terror, you gave it a five too. Okay, well, I mean, like in terms of actually being scared from looking at thrill as like a feeling of scared instead of like thrilling mm-hmm. as a verb. Um, this is a five. All right, this ride made to terrify, and it did just that. Thank you, Breck. Thank, thank you, Breck. I'm to you, Breck. I'm not even drinking to the Imagineers. I'm drinking to Breck. <laughs> Breck making Disney go. cool since 1987. <laughs> uh, all right. The next category is immersion. This includes sights, the sounds, the ride vehicle. This is a category that's out of 10 points. Uh, in this ride, there are five animatronics. There's three in the pre-show with uh, Skippy 1 and Skippy 2 and Mr. Sir. Uh, there's also two massive alien monsters in the theater, um, as well as like the the whole theater itself is kind of like an animatronic. Um, and then within the theater, there's so many different uh, binaural Foley effects sounding uh, sounds um, of like stomping and uh, and and skittering and and running around. Uh, there's a, a ton of lighting effects and then physical physical effects 
your uh, your restraints on your chair would like slam down on you. Um, there was uh, water effects and like like a hot moist breath on your neck. Um, there would be like dripping from the ceiling. Uh, at one point, a uh, a maintenance guard gets straight up got up in the rafters, and it rains down warm blood on you. Um, and then uh, at the conclusion of the ride, uh, spoiler alert: this our little alien buddy gets straight up executed by the tube, and you get sprayed by his guts. It's all pretty effective in, in the you pitch black. There. Everybody, isn't it magical? <laughs> I wonder, like, if like they probably closed this because Disney was like, they're not buying churros. They're going out of this ride, and they're not buying. They're not buying a Mickey bar. And they're not buying churros. What are we? What are we doing wrong? Yeah. Um, do you want me to go, or do you want to go? I th- I think I, th- I think you got to go first. All right. Here's my here's my thing with this. Um, if this ride, this attraction was not in Tomorrowland. If it was in Hollywood Studios, where it should have been, because it is literally riding a movie, even though there's a story behind it that's not based on the movie. Mm-hmm. If it was in Hollywood Studios, I would, for immersion, 10. I would give it a 10 if it was in Hollywood Studios. It is so friggin', it's so immersive that it's terrifying. But it's in Tomorrowland. I feel like it's Miss placed so, so I'm gonna... it's interesting because so tomorrowland new tomorrowland or tomorrowland 2055 which is what it was supposed to be called was supposed to take like the tomorrowland that we know of today and like turn it into a galactic spaceport where like it kind of makes sense for like aliens to be hanging out and it makes sense for there to be like an expo center because this is like you know like a like a spaceport like the gathering center i understand um, that Ryan. this is this is based on a movie what what is the movie Alien? No, not at all. No, not at all. They wanted to originally. They took away that idea. And this is not that alien. Same exact looking alien. No, is an alien. no, it's not. No, it's not. It's totally different. This looks like this looks like a like a like a worm or something like a like almost like a like a mantis shrimp. Have you ever seen a mantis shrimp? That's what this thing looks like. Okay. No. Well, if that's the. It's not so. There's no ties to the movie Alien. No, no ties to the movie at all at this point. Only original. Okay. The original concept was that it would be tied to the that they wanted to do a scary attraction, and that scary attraction was going to be based off of Alien. But but here's the thing. Again, though, I'm going to go back with this though with Tomorrowland. Like, I don't know if the point of Tomorrowland is to scare the piss out of you. Like, I don't know if the point of Tomorrowland is to make you think that you know, like there. I have to. I want to give it a ten, but I'm going to give it a nine. That's still an incredibly high score for immersion. I know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, and I, yeah, I, I mean, I agree with you. I do not think that the goal of Tomorrowland is to that. Like, the future scares the shit out of us enough. We don't need extra help by Disney. Yeah, like you know, show me like show the polar bears like you know like standing on one small ice cube little. Yeah. Piece. And then that would scare us enough. But I don't think that, like we need to know that aliens are also going to like fry us in tubes. Agreed. <laughs> I but I do not need that information. <laughs> I mean, there's no way that it's not immer- it's not so immersive because like it's it's so immersive. The like just the sounds themselves and the way that like the sound 
design moves around the room. It's it's pretty incredible. Um, it, it's world building. Yeah, it's totally world building. I wish that they would do something more like in this vein. Uh, I like it being in the pitch black. I think that that's like that's an incredible thing. You know, like stitches. <laughs> which is what you're freaking supposed to do at Disney. Yeah, exactly. Like Stitch's Great Escape, um, you know, they took advantage of some of like the the gags that this did, but it was in like it was light the entire time, right? So like, you know, it's more of a kiddie ride for sure. Um how the mighty have fallen. That's like that's what I think about like when I think about like where, what happened to this ride. I yeah. I think for me uh 9 is just just slightly too high for me on this. There was like a little bit of a cheese factor, um, like and and the restraints didn't like really do what they had like what I thought that they were going to do. Like they didn't really sell it as much as I wanted it to. Um, so I'm going to give it an eight. Still high, but not not quite as high. I so mean, I, I think technically this ride you can't take away from it. Like I knew it was going to do better in the tech. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen in the fun, but. Technically, this ride is very technologically advanced. I mean, from the scores here, Adrian, you fucking love this ride. Uh, That's not what this. That's not what this section is about. It's about do I? You technically love this ride. (laughs) Technically, I think that this ride is good. You technically think this ride is fucking great. You've given it a twenty-three out of twenty-five. I think it deserves, technically, it deserves every point of that. Okay. Um, I've come down a little bit lower than that. I've given it a 19 out of 25. Uh, Ryan, it's all huge score. Yeah, yeah, no, totally, totally. Uh, together, we're, we're an average score of 21, uh, 21 going into the fun slash nostalgia. This is the Dark Horse category. It's out of 25 points. Um, this is the make it or break it moment for things that have long, long since left this world. This shit is totes 90s. Totes 90s, and there's no way that it can't make an impression on you. If you were if you were there, it made an impression on you. It Absolutely. wasn't something you were just like, someone goes, did you go on Alien Encounter? And you were like, I don't know, maybe. You were like, oh my god. Yes, I did. It was wild. Yeah, it lived. It it definitely like it's. I think its reputation preceded it, and it lived up to that reputation. And I think the reason that it became disliked was because of kind of what I said with immersion is that like like we're in Tomorrowland, and it's something very very terrifying in Tomorrowland, and I don't know if that if that translates, but I just wonder if it was somewhere else if people would have appreciated it for its humor, even Epcot, people would have appreciated it for its humor and it's like, like funny take funny, terrifying take on, on aliens. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously they're joking with us with the way like the aliens, like when Tyra Banks comes out and she's got that like coat on that has like the one high shoulder and the low shoulder. And she's like, you know, like doing her whole model thing, but she's an alien. It's like, you had to, realize the campiness of it at that point but it but you were still like oh my god like this is just it just step by step gets more and more terrifying yeah i think that the the camp like uh almost like takes down your your barriers a little bit where you're like oh yeah it's cutesy and and uh and campy and then like there's a little bit of sinister thrown in and you're like oh okay it's kind of dark it's a little dark 
And then you're like, oh, I just got blood sprayed on my face. Cool. <laughs> cool. Um, um, yeah, so I, I don't know, like, uh, fun, nostalgia. I think this is very, very reminiscent of the time of, of, of you know, new future, uh, new Tomorrowland, 1990s. You know, like when I think of like, you know, the, the neon and the uh, the weird metal angular, this is like right along those lines. I think. I think it's more for me, it's more nostalgic than it was fun. I, I do think that like the, the rewrite ability was really low on this one. And and that kind of like comes out in my score, I think, or, or my my lack of like a, a dedication to this one. Um so I think out of 25 points, I am going to give it a uh, – I'm going to go one under my technical score. I'm going to go an 18. Okay. Um, so my take is this. If this was a current ride and this category was called fun, my score would be very different than what we call defunct rides, which is like the nostalgia or like the feelings that it drums up for something that's begone. Um, if, if, if you're asking, do you have fun on alien encounter? It depends on what your definition of fun is. If you're one of those people that finds horror movies fun or finds like, you know, sci-fi fun, like things that are like intensely, like supposed to, you know, drum up like intense emotions, then maybe that would be fun for you. But, um, I don't like, I don't think it's fun to be in a terrified state personally. I've never, I don't have fun in that state. Uh, but in terms of nostalgia, it's huge for me. It represents like a ride that I can talk about with my brother and sister and vividly remember and rem- reminisce about Skippy as if he was a family member. <laughs> and how, you know, I want to get a bracelet that said Skip, that says Skippy deserved better. Like that might be a t shirt, everybody. Uh, don't steal that idea. <laughs> but, TM. <laughs> TM. Um, but so nostalgia wise, it's a 20 for me. Okay. All right. Okay. So, uh, after, uh, this, that's so, okay. So we got, we got some drinking to do. I have seven coming for me. You have five coming for you. And, uh, at the end of all of our rounds, Oh, sorry guys. That was a lot of Malone. Yeah. That was a lot of Midori. Uh, <laughs> all right. I never thought that that would come out of my mouth ever. Sure. Ever. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, at the end of all of our rounds, um, I've scored a 37 out of 50. You scored it a 43 out of 50. That gives us a total score of 40 average. And I think that that's pretty damn good. I mean, when you were coming into this episode, be honest. Did you think that this was going to be a 40-point ride? Nah. It was going to break 40. I, it's a I, very, very rare club to break 40. Yeah, yeah. I, I did not think that this was going to be part of that club. I'm, I, I had thought about this when I watched the video, and I was just like, I think it deserved to break 40 now. Like, now that I've like really gone through it I, I think it deserved it and i think we did it again right i think we're we're really good oh. at this adrian we're really good at this solved rides <laughs> <laughs> um so uh 
You want this ride back? What do you think? Uh, no, I don't want the ride back, which is crazy for the score. But I, I want the, I want a newer version of this type of experience someplace else for this generation. But I, I want it in like Hollywood studios because I don't feel like something like this like exists in Hollywood studios, and and should. I do think it should. I think like Rise of the Resistance has elements of it that are terrifying, but nothing compared to this. Yeah, I agree. I feel like there was something in Hollywood studios that was extremely edgy like this and like sort of polarizing and, and um, you know, like I think it would develop a cult following and I, I hope that people would, would, you know, have that experience for this generation for the, for the gen Xers. Yeah. I would like to see this with like a different, uh, like a different theme, like maybe like like a magician conjuring like a dragon or something like that. Like I think that That's that could cool. be like a like a, a fun uh, a fun play on on this, where you're still able to do like the binaural sound, and you still have like a you know like a, like a fear a fear moment, but like maybe like a like a bumbling wizard. I think like a bumbling oh. wizard would be fun. I like it. I think yeah. that that's great. And you know what? There's no like magic based rides where you feel like you're part of the magic. So yeah, like, that's true. And it's the magic kingdom and kind of be perfect. It would <laughs> get, get at us. Chapek. Uh, so, um, I think that it's time for us to truth or drink it. Truth or drink. All right. Do you want me to tell everybody how you play truth or drink? Yeah. Would you? Okay, sure. So truth or drink is just like the game that you play with your friends when you're at the bar. Um, Ryan and I are each going to ask each other a question that we have neither of us know what the other one is going to ask. And if we answer the question, we don't have to do a shot. But if we don't want to answer the question, we do a shot. So play along with us if you have like someone there. And um, if you don't want to answer it, drink. And you know what we're going to do, though, because we're nice. Regardless, we're gonna drink. <laughs> Speak for yourself. I'm I, like, I, I just poured, I just poured something, and I will pour it back in the bottle if I don't have to, because I, at this point, am drunk. <laughs> drunk history. All right, so, um, Ryan, I think I went first last time, so why don't you go first this time? Okay. Adrian, what is your biggest blunder years moment at a theme park? blunder years yeah so like blunder years is like like uh that um that nostalgia like i'm embarrassed over the fact that i wore you know black makeup or or i uh you know had uh you know a shirt that says uh i'm with stupid and it pointed up to my head or you know something like that like like a like something that you did young when you thought it was cool looking back at it you're like oh my god that was ridiculous Okay, I got it. So I was a teen when it was cool to wear like Adidas shorts, even like, like you know those black shirts. With the, you oh know, yeah, oh yeah. I had like I had a lot of them. And then those like an umbro. Do you remember umbro shorts? Umbros. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like all that. But then those t-shirts that were like sexual about sports, like you know, extreme pool. I got felt. You know those t-shirts. Uh -huh. The big Johnson shirts. Yeah, like, so I have, like, photos of me and my brother, like, wearing those type of shirts that were, like, oddly sexual when we were, like, 12 and 13. 
<laughs> That's fantastic. Um, yeah, and I feel like, yeah, so I feel like there was a period of time where I look back, on, I would say like probably my teen years, probably around this time, where I would look back on the photos of those years and I feel like I looked very sporty and like, you know, my hair and like a tight ponytail and wearing like my Adidas and looking very angsty, like smiling, like not smiling in front of the castle, like very like, you know, like just not happy, but <laughs> secretly inside just so friggin' happy. That would probably be my time if that answers your question. That answers my question wonderfully. Okay. Uh, you at home, if you'd like to draw Adrian wearing a sexually explicit shirt, please do so and send it to drunkdistry at gmail.com. I will frame it and put it in my room. Fan art. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for some fan art. Okay, Rye, are you ready for truth or drink? No. No, I'm not, but I'm going to do it. That means it's time. Uh, in your opinion, who is the hottest Disney villain and why is it Scar? Ooh, hottest <laughs> Disney villain. Ooh. Hmm. He's so hot right now. Hmm. I mean, it's like, do I go, it. do I go literal and say Hades? Um, do I? Oh, because I mean, of his hair. Yeah, because he's James Woods, you know. Um, yeah. Do I go? Do I go real and go Mad Madame Mim when she turns into the hot chick? Hmm. That's something. That is something. That's this is telling you a little bit more about me than I'm willing. Um, I think I've stumped the host. I think, I think that it's. I think, all right, number one, I think I'm going to take a shot because I'm having trouble coming up with this. You but, are. But I will give an answer. And I think the hottest Disney villain is, is, is uh, Doom. Who? Wasn't his name? Do no. Whoever, who framed Roger Rabbit, the dip guy. Christopher Lloyd's character. For Lloyd? Yeah. With red eyes? Yeah, he's a hot he's he's like he's like sultry. Take your friggin' shot right now. <laughs> <laughs> he really <laughs> Oh, that is horrifying, right? But funny. He's got that dagger eye. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Alright. Fun game. <laughs> Fun game. <laughs> We will ask this question on our Insta story, and so be sure you're following us on Drunk History because I will ask that. Share your answer. Sorry, Adrian yeah. just Adrian just fell out for a second, but yeah, like share all your answers on on our Instagram, um, and uh, and yeah, if you uh, if you want to share other stuff with us, you can uh, you can DM us or or hit us up on Drunk History. Uh, the Dark Ride is uh, presented by Drunk History and is. Available every Wednesday on YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever uh, where, wherever podcasts are available. The show is free, but you can always pay us by simply liking and subscribing, uh, giving us a five-star rating and a quick review. Those things really, really, really help us out. Um, the best way you can help us is just by telling a fellow Disney Parks-loving friend to, to listen. If you like us, they'll like us, and, uh, and we'd love to you know make them as friends, too. Uh, you can always feel free to hit us up at drunkdistory at gmail.com for uh, comments and questions. Uh, 
We've been getting a ton of great questions that we're going to put into a uh, an extra special episode in the near future, um, and we'll we'll like rank your questions uh, so that you know you can feel better than your your friends, I guess. Uh, also, please feel uh, you know follow us on our Instagram account. Um, tons of great Disney co- uh, parks content on there. That's at Drunk Distory. Um, we also have a TikTok account now. Follow us there. Same thing at Drunk Distory. Uh, Thanks for joining us, and remember to always keep your kingdom cool. Bon voyage! My